Well, I remind you that we are enjoying an Advent sermon series called uh, Come and Dwell. Um, And we began uh, with Advent 1 with Come and Judge because we, in truth, want to see justice done. But before the judge comes, uh, last week we spoke of come and convict us before your justice and your judgment, in other words, convict us of your truth, Lord, so that we might be changed, of course. And this morning we speak of come and gather, receive us in order that you may use us, Lord, in other words. And next week, look forward towards coming and purifying to get to the heart of this on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, come and dwell, Lord. There's a wonderful spiritual from the African-American community of the 19th century that goes like this. People get ready. There's a train a-coming. It was made famous by one of our southern uh, beach music singers. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesels humming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. People get ready for the train to Jordan. It's picking up passengers from coast to coast. Jordan River is the waters of baptism. Faith is a key. Open the doors and boredom. There's hope for all among those loved the most. There ain't no room for the hopeless sinner who would hurt all mankind just to save his own. Have pity on those whose chances grow thinner, for there's no hiding place against the kingdom's throne. So people, get ready. There's a train a-coming. You don't need no baggage, you just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesels humming. Don't need no ticket, you just thank the Lord. Zephaniah, that prophet we heard in the first reading this morning, speaks first in his very short book of the punishment that will come from rebellion and um, apostasy by the community Doom and gloom, in other words. But then as we heard today in the last chapter of Zephaniah's prophetic book, there's a promised restoration. But he doesn't tell us when the restoration will come. In fact, Zephaniah, like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, like Malachi, those prophets we've heard already during Advent and we'll hear at Christmas, none of them know when. They simply know and proclaim that rescue and restoration will come in history by God's own personal intervention. As Tyler reminded us last week when he was preaching, there was 400 years of silence from that last Old Testament prophet, Malachi, until history arrives at, well, let Luke tell the story. We heard it last week. In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, very pinpointing in history, a moment in time. When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Idaria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. 400 years of silence, and in that year, Luke tells us, The word of God came, came to John, the son of Zechariah, came to this man in the wilderness. Oh, well, this is about 3 B.C. in our Roman calendar. In the Jewish calendar, the year was 3,758. People get ready. There's a train a-coming. The intervention is happening. 
It has been a glorious year for baptisms here at St. Paul's. Uh, Certainly every child we baptize is a joyous moment. But I confess there is something special and rich when we have an adult baptized. Uh, Somebody who has probably been on a long journey, a long wandering journey, a long journey apart from the Lord, and finally the scales fall from the eyes, and they say, I see, I see the light, and the scales off their eyes, and they want to make that big decision of being baptized into the Lord Jesus. I mean, Arlen, we baptized you not very long ago there in the swimming pool at the Reagan's house, a day of glory. Sloan Shelburne, we baptized over at his parent, grandparents, Sloan, right? Yeah. Over at his grandparents, the Shelburne's swimming pool earlier this year. There was Linda Woods who said, I'm an atheist. I'm just coming because my husband wanted me to come and um, give it a try. Baptized into the Lord Jesus just a few weeks ago. Just to um, sort of remember how rich these occasions are, here are a few photos from the men's hike in the fall. Here is uh, Steve Wood. Can we get some lights down? There's Tyler. There's the sponsor, the son-in-law of Steve Woods. And there's Steve Woods in a cold mountain stream in October preparing to put his uh, self into the waters of the baptism of glory. Another one, another slide. There he is with a wet t-shirt now. The water's been liberally poured over him and onto him. And next, there you have it. There's a born-again man right there, right before your eyes. Applause from the 17 men gathered around him. And I know what he felt like. I think I didn't ask him. I actually snapped this photo from a distance. He was there for a long time after his baptism. I felt that way uh, in Israel in 2006 when I recommitted my life and was immersed in the Jordan River. And I remember coming out of the river and going back up to the bus and waiting for a long time before we left. I felt so clean. I've been a Christian a long time, but somehow that just that sense of renewal washed in the blood of the Lamb, I felt for a time absolutely pure and clean. Of course, we slip again always, but boy, for just that 20-minute window, I felt, I think just like Steve felt, he was home. And so what do you do when you get baptized? You get this gift. Next slide, please. You get communion with God and with brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's Tyler consecrating bread and wine on the trail up in Mount Pisgah National Forest. And once it's consecrated, you get this. I think it's the last slide, maybe. Communion for the first time for Steve and the white. Sharing the cup of fellowship and the cup of the Lord with brothers on that long mountain hike we had. Oh, glory. Wow. Thank you, Carrie. Come and gather is the invitation. John the Baptist gathers the brood around them at the River Jordan. He brings them together and tells them, people, get ready. He's a coming. 
The silence of 400 years is finished. The prophet, the new prophet, the only, the first prophet of the Gospels of the New Testament, John, preaches. There's another great hymn from the African-American tradition. You might know it, even though it's written in the 19th century, if you saw the movie, O Brother, Where Art Thou? As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Each verse just changes one word. Oh, brothers, let's go down. Oh, fathers, let's go down. Oh, mothers, let's go down. Let's go down. Come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Down in the river to pray. Come and gather. What is the purpose of Messiah's coming? Is it to bless our lifestyles as Americans living in the 21st century? Is it to bless our lifestyles? No! It is not merely to bless our lifestyles. His coming is a rescue operation. He doesn't see blessed lives. He sees broken lives. Lives of despair and darkness and disobedience and rebellion. Lives that mistreat other lives here on earth. Lives that ignore and are disrespectful towards the Lord God Almighty, the Creator. This is a rescue operation. A deliverance. And there's a charge here for us to change. And in the changing to join the Lord's army. Come and gather with the Lord's army. Onward Christian soldiers, 19th century. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, sisters, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided. All one body we. One in hope and doctrine. One in charity. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. It is a war out there. It is a war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Onward then, ye people, last and fifth verse, join our happy throng, blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels sing. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus. Going on before. That hymn has been sung in many places, places of darkness and despair and travail. That hymn has been sung or said. One moment in history, 1941, Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt meeting on the battleship Prince of Wales, agreeing to the Atlantic Charter. A church service was held for which Prime Minister Churchill chose the hymns. He chose Onward Christian Soldiers, 1941. Not knowing what the outcome of that war was going to be at that moment. Challenged by the Germans and the Japanese. Everybody under the duress of darkness and despair. And Churchill said afterwards, he chose that hymn. We sang Onward Christian Soldiers indeed, he wrote. And I felt that this was no vain presumption but that we had the right to feel that we were serving a cause for the sake of which a trumpet has sounded on high. When I looked upon that densely packed congregation of fighting men of the same language, of the same faith, of the same fundamental laws, of the same ideals, it swept across me 
that here was the only hope, but also the sure hope of saving the world from meaningless degradation. Onward, Christian soldiers, come and gather, soldiers of Christ. Come and get your lifestyles blessed. No, come, be baptized into the Lord Jesus. Come and be transformed. Don't conform any longer to this world. Radical change from the center out of each of our lives. Deliverance. So in that year, 3 B.C., after 400 years of silence, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, living in the desert. And he went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, Baptism of repentance, you have got to want to change. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, it was a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him. We have all kinds of blockages and ways of keeping the Lord away from us or fleeing from Him or staying away from Him. And Isaiah describes it as we've created mountains and valleys to make it hard for the Lord to reach our hearts He says, make the path smooth and level. In other words, make it as easy as possible by saying, come, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and come and begin that work of restoration, rehabilitation and overhaul. So John challenged these crowds if they're only gathering for convenience or out of curiosity or because it was the proper thing to do as a person of Abraham. He says, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? These are harsh words to some of those who were there. The crowd pleasers, the comfortable. He's afflicting the comfortable here and comforting the afflicted here. And he says, produce fruit. He said, I want to see some change. Because if there's some change, it's because you have let God into your life to begin that change. He pricked some of their consciences and they were moved and heard the word and wanted to change. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John said, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none. How about a lot of compassion towards others, in other words? The one who has food should do the same. How about a lot of generosity towards others? Tax collectors, notorious for their abuse of people, also came to be baptized, to be changed, to be gathered into the fellowship. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? He said, don't collect any more than you should. Honesty, integrity, in other words, in your dealings with people. Some soldiers asked him, Roman soldiers, I presume, Roman soldiers, part of the occupying force, somehow their conscience and hearts pricked by the word of John the prophet. What should we do? Don't extort money, John says to them. Don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. In other words, repent of your abuse of authority, how you use authority for your own means. Your callous insensitivity, you need to change. So the people are wondering, is this John, Messiah? Messiah means anointed one. The one that was promised by the prophets for hundreds of years. John said, no. Just baptizing with water, inviting a change, inviting preparation. There's one coming. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
for the purpose of transformation, we might add. So the third Sunday of Advent, come and gather us, Lord, at the waters of baptism, that we might enter into those waters more and more fully. Be immersed, Lord, into your life. And then use us, Lord, for your kingdom's work. We might pray this to end today. Lord, before you come and judge my life, come and convict me of my need to change. Lord, come and gather us together into your baptism. And through our baptism, Lord, come and purify our lives. That awaits us a week from now to hear on that. Purify our lives with Holy Spirit medicine. In other words, Jesus, come, Emmanuel. Ransom captive Israel. We are Israel. Ransom us. Captive to sin and captive to death. That is us. Come and dwell among us and remain among us. You know then, don't you, the last words of the Bible at the end of the writings, after all the Old Testament wisdom, the New Testament Gospels and the letters, we come to Revelation. We come to the 22nd chapter, the last chapter of this glorious book. We come to the 20th verse of the 22nd chapter of the last book of the Bible. And these words are offered. He who testifies to these things says... And he who testifies to these things is Jesus himself. He says, yes, I am coming soon. And the writer, John, puts down in as personal remark as you can imagine in response to that word. He says, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's stand.